Welcome to the Tangled Mind Podcast, a place where every week you can sit back, relax and listen to what the good people from all around the world are doing for others that are suffering with mental health and their own struggles. Welcome back to another episode of the Tangled Mind Podcast. On this week's show, we've got Tony. She's going to be talking to us about how her family dealt with something that went off in her family with her sister and how she is has dealt with it and how her family have dealt with, obviously, losing the sister over the years. So, hi, Tony. You all right? Oh, I'm doing fantabulous. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, good to have you on. Uh, we've obviously been chatting for... A, a bit um obviously you reached out on the group that we're both in and you obviously briefly told me about obviously what had happened with obviously your sister and obviously finding out what bipolar was and things like that so just for the listener do you want to just introduce yourself a little bit about who you are what it is you do and and then we'll start obviously on the topic of obviously mental health Well, hello, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, Michael, for inviting me. I'm really excited to be here. Hello, everybody in the UK, wherever you are, maybe in the world. I am from uh, White Rock, BC, Canada. Uh, I was actually born here uh, in Canada on the West Coast. Uh, This is where our family um, is, has been for a long time. My father, though, isn't, he is a first generation Canadian because he actually immigrated here in 1957. So I am a first generation Canadian on his side. But uh, I am the eldest daughter of four girls and my sister, Karen, she was number three. It's really funny because we go by numbers. So if I start talking in numbers, that's what it is. I'm number one and then there's four of us. So we go number one, number two, number three, number four. I know that sounds funny, but it actually works quite well. (laughs) And um, anyway, I... um, I am a long-standing member of the LPGA, which is the Ladies Professional Golf Association. I'm actually a life member now. And everybody says, well, how do you get to be a life member? I said, oh, you just get old. <laughs> That's what <laughs> happens. And, uh, but my passion has always been, um, when I got into high-performance coaching, after I, just, after I figured out I couldn't play for a living, uh, I decided that I was going to be the best coach that I could be to my players and to people who wanted to learn the game. I was always fascinated by the mind. And uh, so in my latter years, as we progressed through this whole transition with our family, I really realized that there was something else going on. And my mother, who really, God bless her soul, she's just been an amazing woman. She still is. She is relentless at researching. And um, it's really because of my mom that we really began to learn a lot more about what was going on in the mental illness world uh, for my sister, Karen. And it's quite shocking um, because institutions really just didn't um, have the answers at that time because this is going back into the late 80s when it all started. But yeah, that's just a little bit about me. So yeah, Eldest of Four from Canada and I uh, was in the I was in the golf industry. I shouldn't say that. I, I still am a little bit, but my passion really is uh, transformational life wellness. So overall health and mental health, emotional, the whole thing. And it turns out as a golf coach, you actually really end up being a life coach because most of the stuff that gets all jammed up in there is not from a physical technique, but from the fact that there's just no inner balance. So it's all, it's really interesting how life works that way, right? It's just all kind of connected. It's all interconnected. So it's been a very fascinating journey. Everything's connected one way or another. 
<laughs> yes, very much so. It, to be fair, I, I was I was actually reading the other day. Um, obviously, doing bits of research on mental health, the mind, and things like that. And over the years, there's got became more and more and more sports personalities that are suffering with their mental health, and obviously because of their profession, and obviously being in the public eye and things like that. It's like they don't feel like they can do anything about it because of obviously they're they're this smiley, happy sports personality, but then behind closed doors once they get home, they just break down. And it, it seems to be happening more and more and more as the years go on. And obviously with the mental health system in Canada, how how's it work over there? Is is there like mental uh, mental institute like hospitals and places like that how's it work in Canada yeah I mean they do um when when we were going through it with my sister um it, they really didn't have a place for that I mean I mean they had it but it was like really for like you know the people that were really like way out there mm. they didn't really they'd never really come across people that go would go from manic to like just crazyville kind of thing right because my sister was on both ends of the scale she was very manic depressive and then she was very like just out of her mind like can't control her emotions very violent so it was a real big swing for my sister um so back then it was really like locked down institutions kind of thing nowadays of course we're, we are very much more aware of mental illness so of course we've got you know all the we got more appropriate funnels for more of understanding where this all stems from because what we're really learning is that those people who are dealing with mental health issues from a uh, depression standpoint and then they just kind of swirl down a rabbit hole it's it there's there's a real balancing act of where that's stemming from and my mother had figured it out and but nobody back then had figured it out and when you're talking about athletes um that was kind of my tagline i was known i i my whole thing is the unhappy high achiever, right? And there's yeah. a lot of them. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of unhappy high achievers. I was one of them. I, I was guilty because I actually had some of those issues that my sister was um, showing in the depression side of it. Not the, not the manic, like not the, you know, off the handle, violent type of stuff. Um, but we learned from my sister is that she was very poisoned with heavy metals and her brain was so inflamed that this is what happens with people but we don't know it we don't really realize as a society how poisoned we are and even though she was sister number three um well, i'll say mommy and daddy you don't know genetics we don't know genetics because everybody's so unique and not everybody's body can handle the same thing I mean, look at today's society. I mean, what we're noticing is why is it that, you know, out of that family, why is that child allergic to, to peanuts and the other four kids aren't? How does that work? You know, I mean, it just, it doesn't, it's, it's a, it's a very, we are so unique. We as human beings are so complex and so intelligent. Wow. Our bodies are so intelligent. And that's what makes it so, such a puzzle. Because what works for one doesn't necessarily work for somebody else. Until you, so trying to get to the root of everything is quite a challenge. Obviously, a lot of the stuff that you've come across over the years, you've le you, you had learned from your sister. And anybody that, it's like for me, obviously my knowledge and experience and everything with mental health has been with my dad. So obviously with, with him being the one that's, 
ill, obviously with BPD and everything else, we're the ones as, as the family members that are dealing with it in our own way that are learning stuff from him because obviously he knows in his head what what's going off. But obviously for him to be able to speak out to us, obviously he's done so he's done he has done more recently over the last few years, but you're always even now we're we're still learning different things to do with the the mental illness and there's things that he's he's saying to us and we're realizing and we're learning about that it's not even on there on on the internet you people if you type bpd and all it says is it's mental illness to do with the way people think their 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 emotions and acting without thinking and things like that but there's a lot more to it. They literally have like three or four brackets of what what BPD is. But at the same time, that's not all it is. Because for one, even, even with like the medications they're given, it currently is on lithium. And it was only recently that I actually read up and spoke to somebody um, that suffers with bipolar themselves that lithium is a drug to control the chemicals for bipolar in the brain. And I, I was like, well, why is dad on it? Dad's not got bipolar or has he? What, what's the reason for giving him a bipolar drug if he's not got bipolar? And it's, it's so, it, they're confused. They, they, they're just guessing. And that, this is, and I'm, thank you for bringing that up, Michael, because this is exactly what happened to my sister. She became a guinea pig, right? Yeah. Well, here, try this. Oh, here, try this. Oh, here, but there's, there's no discussion about the side effects, you know, and, and God bless your dad for trying to explain it because my sister couldn't explain what was going on in her mind at all. Um, my mother had a great explanation for it because she said, she goes, honey, she says, I know you don't understand because you don't deal with what your sister deals with. She says, but I guess the best way that I can explain it to you is it's like world war three going off in her own little mind. And I can't even imagine what that must feel like. As soon as my mom said that, because I'm a very visual person, and of course I love history, I just, I just took a step back and I took a deep breath and I, was just, I just started crying because I can't imagine that kind of pain, right? Yeah. And, and, and how do you put something when it's attached to like you had, had just eloquently put, it's, it's not just a mental thing. It's, it's all these emotions and, and this, this swirling. And it just, it's just like this massive merry-go-round that's just spinning out of control. And how do you put that into words, right? There, there's, there's no way to describe it. So, you know, and the thing that's sad for me is that they, all these, these beautiful souls that came here um, that are dealing with these poisons within them in their, these bodies, the, the doctors I know aren't trying to be they're trying to do the best that they can with the tools that they have. But really what it comes down to is that my sister is a guinea pig and your father's a guinea pig. That's basically what it comes down to. And, and I, I, I couldn't agree more. When my parents, obviously, they used to live... I, I live in Nottingham, so I like the East Midlands of the UK. Um, I know you said you've got friends in the UK anyway, so mm-hmm. you, you know roughly what, where I'm about. But... Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm I'm up in like the East Midlands, and when my parents lived up here, um, it was 1999 when my dad, um, first started to become 
ill with his mental health and over the years it just got it got worse and then it got better but he went into the hospital and up here and obviously in the UK we've got the NHS but then over up here in Nottingham the doctors and the nurses were amazing they there was enough they had enough doctors up here to be able to get him seen quick, get him into hospital. But the, the, the techniques and the medications and the, the treatments that they were uh, prescribing were the same treatments in 1999, 2000, as they were in the 70s and 80s when they didn't really know what was going off. But then now it's got to a point where they lived out, they, my parents now live in Cornwall um, and my my dad, he's still struggling at the minute. He's going through a rough patch, but uh, I, I know and I'm, I'm confident he will get through it. Um, but down in Cornwall in 2017, he went through a real, really difficult um, few, what well, a difficult year, shall we say, for the whole family. But for the medication, from the men, um, medicine side of it and the, the doctor side of it and the healthcare, the doctors in Cornwall, there's not enough of them, but the treatment they were giving down there was it was next to none. They were absolutely amazing, and they gave him rather than literally applying him with different medications and essentially, like you say, being a guinea pig on different drugs. He went through ther- therapy instead, and obviously, if I, by him being able to sit there and talk, it, it made a massive difference. He, he went for I think it was. Two or three months, he went every every Friday to um, his his therapy sessions, and by the end of his course of therapy that they set out, he was fine. And he, he come he come around, and up until now, yes, he has his times where he's mm-hmm. down or he's having thoughts, suicidal thoughts, or things like that. But at the same time. They're not just doing the same treatments that they were in the 70s and 80s. They're actually trying to do the right thing for my dad as a human being, not yeah. just go, not for their research. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, I, and this is why, you know, when I'm speaking to people um, that reach out to me, and I said, look at, I said, your story matters because people think that they're alone and they're not. They're not alone at all. It's, it's because we're having these conversations now that, you've, that people have hope. They have hope. And they think that what they've gone through is that they're the only one, and they're not. So thank heavens your father found that funnel, that there were people who had the patience to listen, right? Um, probably even had some of their own personal experience in the, themselves. So there was a lot of compassion and empathy and understanding. Whereas prior to this, like you said, here, take a pill, take a pill, take a pill. Our whole society has been about take a pill, it'll go away. Well, it doesn't go away. It actually gets worse because the side effects, as I mentioned, are worse than the pill itself. So that now you've solved one problem, but have you really? You've just compounded the problem and have made it more of a tangled web. Because our bodies, again, are very innately intelligent and they know what they need to do. So to be able to, 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 be able to be, feel safe, that's the biggest thing for humans. They, they never feel safe. When you're in this kind of mental chaos, you don't feel safe to express. Hmm. 
And um, I think that's why my sister swung so much from, even though she knew we loved her, that's not, that wasn't the problem. The problem is, is when you've got this, again, this World War III going on in your head and all the other combinations, it's hard to, it's hard to do it. It's hard to take a deep breath and do it. So, you know, thank heavens that there are new funnels for people who have had the courage to open up and who do have the patience to listen. And this is why we're now becoming more aware of what's going on. And through my understanding of what we've discovered, it really comes down to how badly we've been poisoned over the years. I know it sounds crazy, but your body was not meant to consume so many chemicals or poisons or heavy metals or anything of that nature. And that's why we have inflamed brains and tons of inflammation because our body is bombarded with poisons, pathogens, toxins, and it's trying to find a way to survive, okay? And it is surviving, but not in the way that it should be thriving. We're not supposed to be in survival mode. We're supposed to be in thriving mode. So it's a really, it's insidious what's been going on. And again, nobody's fault in particular, except we're all contributors to it. But now, thank God, we're waking up and realizing that we can't keep poisoning our environment. I mean, really, we're the only species that goes out of their way to destroy its own environment. It's insane. It is. It is crazy because when you think about I'm, it, why? It, it's like with the lithium, and I know, yeah. I know, I know, I keep coming back to the lithium, but yeah. it's with the lithium. Before my dad was put on lithium, he was in the process of becoming a, a kidney donor and donating his kidneys to somebody go. in his village. And then the minute they put him on his um, lithium, every, every so often he now has to go for a blood test because they know that it's damaging his kidneys. Then if that's the case, yes, the medication may be helping slightly, but why would you not give him a, a, um, a medicine that isn't give, putting chemicals into the body and body that's essentially killing off his other organs. Exactly. And this is what I'm saying. Why do you think they have such a long warning label? <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's horrible. And so what we've learned is, is that, you know, our food was supposed to be our medicine and our medicine was supposed to be our food. But if you actually look at the food that's in our waste stream right now, um, it is just so toxic. People have no idea some of those ingredients are. They, they are not good for you, okay? And yeah. how they ever got in there is mind-blowing to me because they are proven to be a, actually to be a carcinogen, okay? They've been proven that this is not good for you. One thing that we discovered with my sister is red dye. Red dye made her cuckoo for cocoa puffs. It just, it just lit up her brain like nobody's business. I'm not kidding. You feed her a piece of red licorice, woohoo! But feed any child dyes, red and blue dyes, and sugar, and you tell me that that child is controllable. Their little yeah. bodies can only control so much, okay? Their little bodies can only like filter so many things, right? Well, where does that dye go, right? And where do all those so called sweeteners go and where does all that go you think that's actually coming out of your body it's not it's getting somewhere stuck into your organ system okay and now we wonder why we have inflammation yeah 
And some people's bodies, again, are going to react differently than other people's bodies. Again, I didn't have a huge problem with a lot of the stuff that we ate. Um, but again, everybody's different. What works for one doesn't work for the other. We've now learned a tremendous amount about how poisoned our food stream is, how poisoned our air is, how poisoned our water is, how poisoned, I mean, our soil is. There's no nutrients left. So now we're taking supplements, but now even the supplements aren't even that good. It's like, for heaven's sakes, you know, we need to wake up and realize that a lot of this is stemming from the fact from a very early age that we're, we don't, un, we unknowingly, by the way, unknowingly as a society, unknowingly are poisoning our children. Yeah. And I, but now that we're having these conversations, there's been a huge difference. Like I'm getting bumps now as soon as I said that, because that's truth. Because now, because of these open conversations, people are having more funnels to go through, more awakenings to say, yeah, wait a minute, is there another option? And that's what my mother did, because our sister, Karen, she, was, um, she had dyslexia, she had learning issues. So my mother was relentless trying to find a way for her to learn outside of school. And then, of course, she had all these these weird reactions to different foods that we didn't have. And it just kind of set her off. So my mother really set off on this mission to figure it out. And because she worked at the cancer society, she was a cytotechnologist in Canada for 36 years and worked in the teaching end of it. So she's seen a lot of very interesting cellular structures under the microscope. Let's just go with that. Mm. I mean, bizarre stuff. She's had to bring in the pathologist and go, I know you, you think you know what that is, but I don't think any of us know what that is. Like, it's just, that's the kind of stuff that was that showing up even back like you had talked about back in the 70s, right? They were already becoming aware that something weird was going on in our bodies. There was a lot of stuff showing up in bodies that should not be there. Yeah, and it, I, I agree totally on that because when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, the best medication for anybody to be taking is them talking about it I, yes. I i i don't agree in any way shape or form that lining somebody's body with drugs regardless of what drug it is it's, it's not the right way to go about it by me uh, me being able to do this podcast and getting people like yourself and all the other people that have, have been on the show and recorded with me by us being able to publish this this show out to the world there are so many people that have already reached out to me and said you know because i've listened to your show i've realized i'm not on my own yes well by doing that why why not be able to talk and i've even the people that have reached out and said i thought i was on my own but i've listened to your podcast and now i realize that i'm not the only one that's struggling there are other people around the world that are going through exactly the same thing if not worse and Mm -hmm. i've said to them i've said i've gone look come on the show let's have a chat get things off your chest i it's only me and you that can see each other nobody else can see who you are i don't even have to disclose your name like all i can say is your first name and leave it at that all the people all everyone can hear is your voice but if you can help that one person by talking about your experience, then you potentially have just saved a life. Absolutely. And that's what I always talk about, that your story matters. Your voice matters. The story matters. And that one, 
you know, you, you shining the light in that, in that dark spot is just enough of a light, just enough of a beacon to inspire somebody hope to open up and take the next step towards the light instead of staying in the darkness. And I think that's absolutely brilliant, Michael. Thank you for doing that. And I really appreciate you and I appreciate your guests that come on and everybody who's sharing their story to everybody who's doing it and doing what they can to make a difference. It is, I, I encourage it every day on my platform as well. Um, it's so important because you're not alone. We're not alone. Everything is energy and everything's connected. So how could we possibly be alone? Exactly. Okay in the world at the minute it's with amazing. regards to COVID-19 and obviously everything that's been going off in, in the States currently um, and the rioting and the protesting, things like that. Even when it comes down to things like that, we're still not, nobody's still alone in that scenario, whether it's even COVID-19. I've had people on here. Um, I had a, a, a lady uh, last week who came on the show and she hadn't she's got no family um she she was an only child she's never had kids she's never married um and she she lived in Grand Canaria and she suffered with her mental health and she said by by me being able to reach out to her and get her on the podcast i was the first person she'd spoke to in 6 weeks because what? she didn't really have any she didn't really have anybody so she just spent all day all, all the time at home and i just said to her i was like look Obviously, I understand that you're, it's a difficult time and you've been in lockdown, but never, ever, ever do. I was like, if you need to, regardless what it is, just reach out. I was like, I'm here. All my listeners are here. They all want mm -hmm. to speak to you. You're not on mm -hmm. your own. Don't don't suffer. And the the minute she turned, I'll. The, one of the things she said to me, she literally just turned around and says everything you're doing is saving lives. And I was like, I was like, well, technically I'm not, I'm, I'm just feeding out information. But then at the same time, it, I was like, well, actually, am I? I, I am. Yeah. Because there may be somebody out there that literally cannot feels like they cannot take it anymore. Then listens to this or listens to the podcast from whatever platform, whether it's Spotify through somebody else that shared it, if that can help them and it does save their life, then do you know what? I've done my job. Yes. I've more more than you know. I've done what I've set out to achieve initially because for me, it was a platform. I provided this platform for everybody to be able to talk about their own experiences and let other people know that they're not on their own because there is that many different topics when it comes to mental health. Um, and people don't realize how many there is when it comes to whether it's eating disorders, bipolar, anxiety, what, whatever it may mm -hmm. be, the list goes on. Mm -hmm. One it's, of a, things it's a very, it's a long list, unfortunately. And but so, yes, your story matters, as you said, and you providing, because what you're doing is you're providing a funnel too. You're providing an outlet as well. And the more outlets that we have and the more branches somebody can grab onto, the more the hope is, right? They'll take the step. They see the light, right? And that's all that people need. They just need to see a little bit of a light. And so, yeah, that's awesome. That's, what, that's, a, that's going to be a wonderful feeling for you. And, and I'm, I'm glad you shared that story. 
it, it is a thank you. It is a it is a, a great feeling to know that what I'm doing is is appreciated because obviously I I only set out to start and started the podcast what two months ago. I did have a mental health page previously where it was people contacting me asking me for asking to be pointed in the right direction, and I still do that. Um, as well I still do have people contacting me but with this being able to physically speak to the people that are struggling or have struggled or are the ones that are the family members that have somebody that struggled or taken their own life or whatever it may be it's it is it is a great feeling to be able to provide somewhere for them to speak about it Um, one of the things that I, I do want to say to everybody is if you are struggling or you know someone that's struggling, reach out to them and get them the help they need or get yourself the help you need. If a doctor is wanting to line you with medication, make sure you ask what that medication is for. Make sure you ask what side effects that medication has got because for all you know, you could take that tablet and like I said earlier in the podcast, even with like lithium, it affects your kidneys. It, it essentially damages your kidneys. There is other drugs out there that you can get. If you don't want the drugs, ask for therapy. I'm not a doctor and I'm not a therapist myself. I'm somebody that has gone through the experience myself. And same with Tony. She knows it, what happens and what the doctors are doing and make sure you're not being a guinea pig get the correct help whether it's therapy therapy will be the most effective treatment you will you will receive and i i, I can't i can't shout out about it more just get the correct help you need and if you can't don't feel like you can reach out to anybody email me my email is on the bottom of the podcast every week or i'm sure if if you need to reach out or you want to speak to anybody, I'm sure Tony won't mind you just asking questions. If if you're in the states, Canada, or wherever you are in the world, we're all there for you. Just before we finish, Tony, is there anything, any advice that you want to give to the listeners that are listening? Well, I think I think you've had said it just very eloquently. Um, know that you're not alone. Um, we have, there's many different people that are happy to, uh, be a part of your life and to, and at least put you in the right direction. Um, definitely, um, our pharmaceutical industry has completely taken over the mental health, uh, industry and it hasn't done us any good. It's actually created more damage. Um, according to, you know, a lot of other researchers and scientists and everything, we've now proven beyond a shadow of a doubt how poisoned our bodies are from all kinds of things, which of course has led to a lot of problems internally for our, our beautiful little vessels that we carry here. I would definitely start looking at diets for sure. Definitely go seek out um, counselors, therapists that you're talking about, stay away from the drugs. And there are other solutions out there. I actually do have one currently that is um, very, very recent and it is absolutely mind blowing how it's been transforming lives. So if anybody wants to reach out, I'll share it with Michael after this podcast and, um, and you can reach out to Michael after. 
because I think that's uh, that's a really good beginning because I know I know how poisoned our bodies are, and that's a good start. So thank you, Michael, for doing this. It's it's wonderful to be part of this show, and thank you for sharing your story, and thank you everybody for seeing the light and having the courage to step forward too. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on, and it's been lovely chatting about everything. Um, so thank you to you too. Thanks, Michael.